This is an obscure All Things BlizzCon weekend. Delivering BlizzCon 2010 live coverage, highlights, news, and review. With your cataclysmic hosts, Gazimov. Possibly not so sober. Pewter. In your face. And Medros. Indeed. Indeed, we have made it through an entire BlizzCon day, and I'm here with the same people who were, who were here this morning. We have Skullnik, Gaz, and Pewter from a variety of places around the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm not going to introduce you guys again. Anybody who's listened to the first episode will know who you are, but uh, those in the chat room will not. So hey, I'll introduce you anyway. I have, again, Skullnik. Please say hello, Skullnik. Yeah, hello, Skullnik. How are you? Uh, I'm not scolding. Uh, we have Gaz, of course, from the UK. Hello and good morning. <laughs> and his co-host on the Obscure Cast, we have Pewter. How you doing, Pewter? I'm very well. I'm very awake, surprisingly, considering the time and considering I haven't had a nap, unlike some people I could mention. <laughs> oh, well don't mean it. Why don't you? You, you know, Pewter. Oh, every, every time I every time I say your name, I think computer shortened as I always used to do. Not the, the way you spell it, and it, yeah. it just throws me off every time. I'm like, why am I calling somebody a computer? Like, why? <laughs> uh, but anyways, it, it has been a long day. Um, we have all been on this call for 11 hours now uh, from talking about, you know, the lead up to the first show and the uh, the fun, I, I have to say fun, um, although not quite as clear as I would like, yeah, opening ceremonies. Um, where they didn't make one one announcement that was fairly decent. Um, Some really interesting information as well um, that we'll talk a little bit about in just a second um, to several different panels about World of Warcraft, a live raid, and as well, the costume contest. Now, as I said, we have lots of stuff to cover, so uh, I won't take too long with this, but I do want to mention our sponsor for the, uh, the All Things... Sorry, the Obscure All Things BlizzCon Weekend which is a really long title for an event, but it's only four episodes, so uh, I guess I can live with it. Um, and uh, that the, t- the sponsor for this, uh, among um, among others, we do have Tavern Craft, who is actually sponsoring the All Things Azeroth podcast. Um, they make some really awesome tankards, steins, glassware, and, and other products that um, are used to drink uh, all kinds of uh, liquids from, be it uh, whether it be caffeinated beverages, uh, alcoholic beverages, or hey, if you want, you can just drink water out of them. Um, we will be giving away a Warcraft Stein at the end of this uh, weekend. Uh, that'll be Saturday night's show, and it'll be a really awesome prize for whoever wins it. Hopefully they're in the U.S. because I can't afford to send it to the U.K., but hopefully we'll have some other prizes for those who are international uh, later in the show here. Now, what I want to talk, tell you about a little bit about uh, the the Tavern Craft products. Uh, this is information that I was actually sent by uh, the good folks over at uh, Tavern Craft. Um, they they have really awesome products and a really awesome you know basically step by step instructions on how those products are made. Um, I'm really impressed with some of the stuff that I've I've heard about them. Um, and of course, our, our moderator, Jen, who is also in the chat room here tonight, um, has one. She has a tankard of terror. Uh, one of our other, earlier moderators, Haster, has one, uh, one of the epic steins they have. Um, and overall, some really 
Um, really awesome products, and I've I've not never heard a single bad thing from any of the people who won those through our show um, or who have received one. Um, one of the things that they have uh, right now, uh, as I said earlier, they have um, pint glasses. They're um, a deep etched glass stein that you you can get. They are in the two different uh, themes. One is the Prancing Pony, and the other is the Green Dragon. Those are both from the Lord of the Rings. Um, and these things look really cool. Um, they're actually what you might see if you went to that, if, if they didn't have wood steins back, back in the movies. Um, but they're really cool. They also have, in the Lord of the Rings universe, um, epic and legendary versions of the Smog the Magnificent Stein. Sorry, <laughs> it's been a long day and lots of talking. <laughs> um, and those are that's a really awesome stein. Uh, if you were a fan of The Hobbit, you will you will instantly be able to identify the stein and the, the picture on it as one of the most uh, iconic images from that book um, of the the great dragon smog. So definitely check them out. Taverncraft. Dot com um, and uh, yeah thank th thank you to them for uh, providing us with a a um, Warcraft sign to give out on Saturday evening. So before we do get on with the news and after that we have that out of the way, let us uh, let's give a prize away perhaps into the chat room, shall we? Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's the appropriate thing to do considering how so many we have. We do have a lot yeah. of people in the chat room, so I want to thank all of them for being with us at this point. Um, and perhaps we'll give away a loot code. Perhaps a pet loot code. What do you guys think? I think a pet loot code's an excellent option. All right. Well, um, American or European pet code? <laughs> well, we I have don't know the, how many the... European we've got listeners we've got right now. Is, is, the, <laughs> is the Papa Hummels a European-only code, or is that a... The Papa Hummel's uh, Pet Biscuit is an international code, actually. Well, uh, let us let us give that away then, since we have that right. available. Um, and uh, let's see here. What? Let's see what one. Let's see what what one musical guest would you like with us? People in the charm like to see next year. Uh, this year we have Tenacious D. Last year we had Ozzy Osbourne, and of course the Elite Torn Chieftains. Previously, we've had the uh, live symphony orchestra playing game music. Um, what do you, what would you guys in the chat room like to see as a musical guest next year? Um, if you could choose from any artist out there, what one artist would summarize Blizzard's games to you, um, or just be a fun show to see? Do you think? Uh, while we wait for uh, some answers to that, let's talk a little bit first about. One thing that Mike Morheim said that I actually didn't catch originally when he said it is the number of times that the Lich King has been killed uh, since the the since the uh, the encounter went live. Um, now I originally didn't think too much of this, but somebody pointed out that's a pretty huge number for a boss that hasn't been around that long. I believe he said it was four hundred eighty nine thousand kills. That's a lot that of kills. Well, do we have any? Do we have any comparative statistics? No, but I mean, he, he hasn't been around that long, has he? Wow. Well, um, been see what the anyway. ratio of attempts were to that. That'd be very interesting <laughs> to see. That would yeah. be. Yeah. yeah. 
because I, I I still know quite a lot of people who haven't killed the Lich King. Um, yeah. So considering it's aside from Yog with you know missing missing a a, a light as it were or Al Algalon, I think that would be the sort of raid you'd want to bosses you'd want to compare that to. Okay. So it'd be interesting to see the stats for those as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but of those killed in the hand of the Lich King. So, mm. yeah, I, I, that'd be interesting. Um, do you guys think that that do you guys think that the numbers low or high? If you would have asked me at the start of this without having any idea, I would have been under a hundred thousand for sure. As so how many kills that seems real that seems pretty high but I don't, maybe I don't since know, they've nerfed it somewhat maybe that maybe it isn't that obscene i mean partly the nerf and partly also the fact that a lot of the the raid guilds that can kill him on heroic will have also gone in and done it on their alts on 25 man and on 10 man and on their mains on 10 man as well every week true possibly so, more characters would you think that somebody like a Nubarak in um, in TOC would have gotten more kills since there was four versions of that? That's a good point. I think that probably the only fair way you can really compare it is if you say um, an expansion end boss versus another end boss from another expansion. So Illidan versus Arthas, that kind of comparison would probably be the only fair one to do. Okay. Yeah, I think a lot of people may have done a Nubarak as a kind of stopover, but I think a lot of people have been in a kind of holding pattern with Ice Crown. Uh, I think people are trying to get out, away from uh, Trial of the Champions as quickly as possible. Yeah, I, I I think a lot of people stopped going to TOC before ICC came out. Um, I know a lot of people who have complained greatly about the it's a round room. Yeah. <laughs> outweighs anything else about the place. Yeah, I mean, yep. this thing could have dropped, you know, the most epic of, of mounts and people still probably wouldn't have done it. And I'm probably saying more than, I, you know, that's probably giving the place a lot less credit than it should, but it was just a round room. And as much as people don't, I mean, really, TLC was a, a an answer to those people who were tired of all the trash, so they got no trash. Mm-hmm. And then they got bored because yeah. there was no trash. So it's I, I kind of going from one extreme to the other, really. But indeed, but sometimes you but, have to go to the extreme to prove a point. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that the problem the TOC had was that it felt like it was it felt like filler. It didn't feel like it was anything that was meaty that you could really get your teeth into. It felt like it was there to create a space between Olduar and Icecrown. I think one of my big regrets from it is that it didn't. It came in too soon. I think a lot of people were still trying to get through Old War, and I think it would it wouldn't have hurt TOC to have come out at least a couple of months later, and uh, for people to experience the the further reaches of Old War first. Okay. And I think that uh, TOC came out too soon, and I think it went on for too long. I think they they could have timed that an awful lot better okay 
let's move on to the next uh, new next news bit. I I, I have as a, a list here. What do you guys think about the new the new Make a Wish Foundation charity pet? With hundred percent of the of the proceeds going to Make a Wish, I believe, as as Mike Morheim said. What do you think of that? And then this is the Moonkin I... pet. I'm just uh, posting in the chat room here. I think it's bloody fantastic. I think I, I'm actually going to be. I haven't actually. I, I have purchased a pet from the store, but I'm definitely going to be purchasing this pet. You want to know what um, I say? I want, I want a plushie for it. I that's <laughs> it. I want the plushie. A moonkin plushie would make it. I I, I, I don't care if it's a hatchling awesome. or a full-grown moonkin. I want a moonkin plushie. Moonkin hatchling. Yeah, oh. I, I think it's awesome that they've they brought out the moonkin hatchling pet. I think the fact they've turned around and said it's not just a percentage of the proceeds, but it's the entire price that they're giving to Make-A-Wish Foundation, I think that's awesome. Um, I think that's absolutely fantastic. I've, I'm quite surprised by that. Really it great actually shows thing. another good pattern that the, the business of uh, Blizzard, you know, they look beyond just the business aspect of it, and I really, truly feel that they embrace this cause. I know that when I was doing research for the Ezra Phoenix segment, um, some time ago, I, all the research I was doing really led back to that this company really does care and really does want to help. And it's not just a, a, a game face. And so it was just really great to see a, a great, great thing. Yeah, it, it Blizzard has has gone above and beyond repeatedly in order to give their fans, their listeners or sure their their players a chance to give back. And my biggest complaint about the Pandaria Monk, and the reason I did not purchase one myself, was Blizzard is a company that makes millions of dollars, billions of dollars a month um, off of this game. Uh, they have devs that could make that Pandaria Monk pet in the span of a day or two. They didn't need to keep half the profits. They could have given all of it to the charity and, be, and, and shown themselves to be a much better company than... Oh, here's half the profits. Um, that was the one reason I did. I chose not to get the Pandaren Monk. Um, I will get the as long as it, as long as it remains 100% to make a wish. I will I will buy one of these Moonkin hatchlings because I will give that to charity. I will give my money, my ten dollars, to a charity, and I think that's worth it. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. I kind of wonder if it's part of us. There was a sort of small trend of really bad. PR decisions with that, and then the real ID forum fiasco. All I know, they went that close to each other, but it, do it does feel like they they kind of dropped the ball for for part of the year, if that makes sense. Yep. Yes. Yeah, and now they've pulled it back. They're doing uh, this thing with the Lincoln hatching. They're doing the same thing with the old server hardware. I think that's a, a really shrewd move. For sure, um, they're they're giving back when they can and I really appreciate that and uh, Stormy in our, in our chat room says uh, coming from someone who is a Make-A-Wish kid uh, I really enjoy hearing about places doing this so that's uh, uh, it, it's good to see that that their play that their work and their efforts are being recognized uh, by those who um, if it was their time it would be recognized so uh, very awesome for that and um, uh, just just to uh, to state here uh, the winner uh, of the uh, loot code um, will be Jeffrug, I think, in uh, the chat room for saying Metallica because honestly, honestly, Metallica is awesome. Okay. Um, if you want to 
you want to collect all the details, uh, yeah, Medros? Yeah, I'll, I'll pass them along to you via email. Okay, you'll have two options. You can either have the code itself, or I've actually got the card in my hand. So if you'd prefer to have the loot card mailed to you, then drop Medros your uh, address details, and I'll get that in the post to you. And then it's just letter mail, so it shouldn't cost too much. Even if you have to send it to the U to the US. Yeah, no problem at all there. To here. Uh, the next one is uh, the next topic I want to talk a little bit about uh, is the Dungeons and Raid Live blog. Now, this one was, to me at least, a bit. It, it, the information they provided uh, was in some cases redundant. Uh, they had talked about uh, the heroic classic dungeons before. That wasn't very new information. Uh, in fact, I think they actually used some of the same screenshots and same uh, slideshow panels as they did last year. Um, but the new information about uh, the upcoming... Um, uh, sorry, the upcoming... Sorry. Uh, sorry. The... Uh, uh, the upcoming uh, 4.1 raid and dungeon. That was information I was really uh, happy to have. Uh, what did you guys think about the live, the the, the uh, panel for the um, dungeons and raids? I had a lot of little juicy, juicy tidbits, as it were, that kind of not not over over enthusiastic about to begin with, but looking at all the little bits kind of pulled together. It's very interesting. I'm very very glad they're releasing a five man along with the first raid. And I hope we see that continue with all the raids they release instead of just two at the very end. Yeah, I think I, I picked up the same thing. I think it was uh, a panel that you could quite easily split, split into two chunks. Uh, you had the first part where you had just pure coverage of what they were doing to all the classic dungeons. And I didn't realize that they were going back until today and redoing places like Oldham, Sunken Temple, and Wading Caverns. Um, I had no idea that they were going back in and pruning them and so on. That's, that's quite surprising to me. And I think that the nice thing about that panel discussion was that it was well organized. I think it was one of the ones that uh, I was able to watch today and I really got something from it. And from every topic they were able to bring up, there was a nice chunk of something that was very interesting. It was not a, a big... Um, explosive type of thing where you go, wow, this is going to be really incredible, but a nice a nice uh, barrage of little things that we were able to pull from it. And I think that the most important thing that I found was that they were really going to separate the old dungeons into smaller ones to make it uh, a little bit cleaner and a little bit better. Yeah, well, stream, streamlining the, the level, not streamlining, I think streamlining is an overused word, making the leveling dungeon experience cleaner. Uh, to go with the soloing experience because otherwise you'd have a real dissonance between the two. You know, you've got the, this much better questing experience and then you're thrown into BRD. What? You know. Better playability. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think with those of us who started the game since vanilla, we'll feel a little bit nostalgic and uh, uh, we'll probably miss some of the older dungeons, but... Uh, and the way that they used to play out. But I think we can all understand that these changes are for the better, uh, particularly with things like Maradon. I'm, that dungeon's horrible at the moment. Honestly, as somebody who's done Maradon, who's done 
uh, Sunken Temple, who has done Wailing Caverns, who has done BRD, uh, all four of which were mentioned during the panel or during the Q&A. It was, it was interesting to see the changes. Welcome to see the changes. I still think Sunken Temple looks too big, but I will definitely go in and see what it's like. Um, when I'm leveling yeah. my uh, my working through, I will definitely go in and, and take a look at those dungeons and see how they truly have been updated to see if those changes do make them better. Um, BRD having teleporters so that you don't have to run through all of it, yeah, like the bar that? and all of that, just to get to Therasian if you if you wipe. Assuming he's actually still there. I'm not sure if they're going to update that story side of it. Um, but to, to see those things updated, to see that those... the Honestly, I think, I think streamlining is the right word. Um, it, it is definitely yeah, be interesting to see that. Refreshed, maybe. Mm -hmm. you, I think we've already had a hint of this kind of stuff with things like the mole machine for the uh, for the holiday event and for um, the headless horseman one, where you've got the uh, you, you teleport in and you zone in right near the graveyard uh, where the headless horseman can encounter occurs. Um, well, I think that that kind of... Well, it's even in uh, the the vanilla dungeons at the moment, especially the longer ones, you get zoned into unofficial wings, so you can kind of see how they're thinking about dividing or trimming things. Uh, trimming the suck was the phrase they uh, <laughs> they used, if I remember correctly. Um, so you can, I think you can kind of already see what, what they're thinking about in terms of how they're going to trim these on live, because they've already got this teleport for uh, leveling characters. Yeah, it's just the next logical step in the evolution of, of making things a lot cleaner. I mean, first you go to summoning stones when there used to not be any, and then looking for a dungeon would you can bypass the whole summoning stone and appear right in the dungeon. So this seems to be the next logical step. Yeah, and one of the things they also mentioned was that they're adjusting things like the annoying debuffs and so on, the, the like the thirty second disarms and stuff like that. Um, as part of the trimming the suck as well. So it's not just the, <laughs> the layouts and the, uh, the the bosses that they have in there, but it's also things like uh, the, the abilities that those bosses have as well. Yeah, it's it's very, you know, the trimming the suck, definitely, you know, an interesting but a valid way to put it because really... There is a lot, a lot of, quote, suck in the game. There's a lot of ways that they can trim that. Um, and I'm glad that they're looking at that. I'm, I'm glad that they're trying to find a way to, to uh, change those and make those a little more friendly to those people who are trying to level through them. Yeah. I, I think the other part that they've had was, um, as well as talking about the classic dungeons, which they're reworking, the, the two new 4.1 instances they were talking about firelands which is the new raid and abyssal moor which is the new five-man dungeon uh, the the two design process thoughts that they were having there I, I found quite interesting as well yeah um now one thing that was actually pointed out by roni in our chat room here uh they did say that they were doing two to three raids per tier so we have to assume at this point then that Firelands is not the only raid in this in this uh, four point one patch. Would you guys agree with that? I, I think that could be right. I mean, we it was a very basic teaser of these raids, 
um we i mean for firelands what was it we pretty much we got a floor plan and then a kind of artistic rendering yeah and that was it so i i I think the tier raids are still very much in 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 process and they're not revealing it that's going to be a big reveal later on so maybe Um, late spring for for 4.1 then or maybe early summer i i would I would say early early spring, early late spring, because people will be ready to raid. People will be ready to wait raid after two weeks possibly. So they can't keep it hanging too long. So I do know that one of the processes they're trying to change is that rather than being able to go straight from uh, five um, hitting eighty five, uh, going straight into heroics and then going straight into raids. Um, they're trying to force you into gearing for heroics. So you hit 85, you do level 85 normals to gear for level 85 heroics. You do your level 85 heroics to gear for uh, the, the tier 11 raids. So I, I think that will probably slow things down a little bit. I think, I think I got a little bit confused because I have been up and I haven't had a nap where, of course, I was thinking it's tier 11. Oh, actually, that 4.01 is tier Twelve, isn't yeah, it? Okay. So I, I, I got my I got my brain wires crossed a little there. Sorry about that. Um yeah, so I would say late spring, possibly yeah. early summer. Yeah. Um what do you guys think that do you think there'll be a lot of uh um how can I how can I put this? Uh whining and gnashing of teeth over the uh the the dungeons at launch. Probably um, so. I think we kind of saw that with every one of the panels. That I think the, the the part of it will be the ten versus the twenty five mm-hmm. introduction. When I think then the loot that gets dropped from that and trying to equalize that, and I just think that that seemed to be the the the, the difficult point that everyone was trying to have. Yeah, I think they're trying to give people a taste of that at, at the moment with uh, Ice Crown. Although you do have the loot differential, uh, they've kind of picked up that they do need to do something with Shadow Moon. Uh, in terms of making it available in 10-man, particularly for those 10-man raid groups that are trying to complete the We Are Legendary achievement. Um, But I also um, think that... I don't think it's particularly the the instance uh, raid lockout thing that's going to be the thing which captivates people. I think it's going to be the encounter design that makes people think, do I want to do raiding at, at 85? I think you're possibly right. I mean, the the biggest boo we actually had a boo for for the um, loot equalization, and then people saying, "But you get more justice points from from twenty five man." Correct. Um, yeah. So it's, but I don't. I I I can't care too much about wailing and gnashing of teeth because there's always wailing and gnashing of teeth. Um, I think the the biggest thing that I was kind of concerned about is the the example they gave is that. If you have enough people around for a 25-man run, you're good to go. But if people have other commitments and there's only enough for 10, then you'll be able to cut it back and do a 10. But my concern would be is that eventually we're going to get to a point where if you have 25, are people going to decide that they want to only take the 10 best? And so people are really going to gear for or kind of build groups as the 10 best instead of 25. So we'll see really nobody doing the 25s anymore. I, th- I think that's a, a question that a lot of guilds are asking themselves at the moment. Um, I think that a, a guild needs to be honest with its members and say, we are a 25-man raiding guild and we want to raid 25, or we are a 10-man raiding guild and we will raid 10s. 
Uh, and I think that's the kind of place that decision needs to be made. I think I think one of the biggest decided is going to be whether you're the sort of guild that can run with a fixed raid group. Because I think tens really benefit from being a mainly fixed lineup. Whereas 25 months, you can have. It's better if you can have a fixed lineup, but it, it it's easier for casual players to slide in and out. And they're they're because there's 25 of you, your margin for error is slightly bigger as an individual than it is on 10 mans. And that's going to, I think that's actually going to be attractive for more casual people who just kind of want to slot into a bigger group rather than, you know, muck up someone's 10 man run as it were. So I think it's going to be, it's going to be not so much loot incentive, but circumstance incentive to either keep put the effort into the 25 man i really do not envy all the raid officers around the world although i'm sort of kind of one of them with the organization we're going to have to do because it's also going to mean i think we're going to see the emergence in a lot of guilds of a sort of second main system so so that you can then run the content again with a different group of friends or a 10 man or something like that so i think that's going to cause a lot of confusion and wailing and gnashing of teeth in individual yeah. guilds. I think a lot of guilds will be... I think there'll be a very controversial aspect of, of it. Yeah, I think that we're already seeing a bit of a shake-up with the flexible raid lockout system at the moment. Uh, and guilds have, uh, turning around and saying, oh, hang on a minute, we can't do 10 and 25 in the same week. Or you, if One of the things I find with my 10-man group is that some of them are in a 25 as well, mm-hmm. and they've had to scale back on that and decide where their priorities lie and so on. Yeah. So I think it's nice to have that shake up now rather than the expansion. I, I guess, I mean, for my guild, we kind of, we've, we've scaled back raiding anyway, so we're not really, feel, we're going to feel the effects of it all over, like when we're actually raiding the new content. I think yeah, it's a change that's really going to benefit people who raid on a lot of characters. Uh, it's going to make people who want to bring their alt to something really, really happy because they're going to have more scope to do it. Um, as someone who tends to stick to one main, I find it very hard to play another 80 or another max level character whilst we're, uh, um, yeah, whilst focusing on a main. I, I feel a little bit grumpy about that because I'm going to have to try and force myself to get two characters if I want to raid with more people. But yeah, good and bad. A lot of organizational difficulties, they need to improve the social tools in-game even more to help us handle this, I think. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. for those raid alliances. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, what did you guys think about their... Um, uh, sorry. Um, their... their theory and philosophy when, when looking at the raids and how they p- wanted to change things. Um, like they, they said that they want more raid zones for shipping. Uh, they want more cool encounters, not just more, more, of, you know, this, this one's just like so-and-so. Um, and they want content to be raids done in one night. I like the idea of uh, raids happening in one evening. Uh, although I don't think it'll happen. I think what you'll happen, what, what, you'll, what you'll start off with is a raid group progressing maybe halfway through a raid instance to start off with, but over time they'll get to the stage where they can clear the place in an evening. 
And I think they're just cutting down the amount of um, attempts they have before they get to the time when they can clear an instance in one go. Um, I think it's also interesting how they're doing play, uh, places like Firelands um, and also trying to make sure in terms of having content ready for launch. I think that um, it's it's going to be tough. I think that, that's going to be a real struggle, making sure they've got enough red content for launch. Um, well, I, it seems like they've got, I mean, the, the raid content seems to be well along. I mean, I haven't actually managed to get involved in the in the beta testing of it. I think it's going to be, it's another situation where I don't envy the, the, the raiders that get there first. Uh, I'm going to be quite happy to put along behind and it all be nice and um, bug tested by the first, because the first raft of raiders will be kind of beta beta testing it pretty much because there's yeah. always something that appears on live that doesn't appear on the beta. Um, I think I think the philosophy is good. I don't necessarily agree that I'll do it all in one night. I think they're right that the 15 bosses of Older World was too much. But at the same time, it's kind of after a certain stage, you are clearing even a really long instance in one night if you're doing the encounters properly. So, you know, what what what's that going to leave people to do who... Does that mean you make the, the bosses more difficult so that they're not you you don't just end up halfway through the night going to the next raid and clearing that, you know? Yeah, I think you got I think you got a point. I think that Old Dwar, if they were redesigning it again, would it would make a great choice as a multi-wing raid instance. So you could have uh, the, the surface being one uh, wing, and then you could break up the um, the four guardians. Um, Freya, Thodir, Freya. You give them all mini bosses. Well, not so much mini bosses, <laughs> but you could see how they could quite easily carve that up into three wings. Yeah. Uh, with a separate raid lockout for each, and I think that would have made it much better. And you could release that as one it, tier it, of content. Yeah, that would have been. I think that would have been cooler. Um, I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm gonna put it out there and be glad that they're not recycling a dungeon for the first tier. That's something I, I know I didn't see much of Nax when it was cu current, but we did go back and see an awful lot of it for fun to try and get a friend's ATS. And we got 39 fragments and then they got rid of Nax the next day, which was pretty harsh. But, you know, people did, were able to see it in a retro raid. And I don't know that the 25 man experience was actually epic enough to really communicate how good it was when they first released it so i'm glad it's all fresh raids i'm glad it's not rehashing old right. encounters basically and i think that okay. we're going to really see with the uh, the firelands um coming out here soon whether or not they they're going to get it right i think that they're not afraid to experiment and try to get the playability better but I think that they're trying to make things a little bit cleaner. And so if the, the way that they design the Firelands raid area works out really, really well, I think it's going to be the model that they're going to use going forward for the rest of the, the expansion. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what they take from the first tier of raiding because obviously Firelands is still in early stages and what they learn from, from the, the first tier is going to be what they sure. apply is going to be interesting. Definitely. Um, now... To, you're going to move on a little bit from that. Um, you know, 
the the preview of 4.1 raid and and dungeon uh firelands raid and abyssal dungeon looks really cool and you know it, it's as far as i've as far as what they said it sounds almost like what the encounter will be what, what you'll see in um hygel the fiery area in hygel that'll be pretty much what those will look like but we don't know for sure we won't know until we have some previews of that um what do you guys uh, think about the enhanced maps? It's cool. It's bringing more add-on functionality into the game. I think we talked a little bit about it afterwards. Um, Skolnick? Skolnick? Yes. Yes. I think that the, the nice thing that, that Blizzard has always done is they seem to watch to see which add-ons and what what parts of the game the general public embraces and then they try to they're very good at then incorporating that into the base game so as we were talking earlier that i think that the enhanced maps is just another example of that that it's it's going to be they're taking the best of atlas they're taking the best of those other areas and incorporating it right into the game so they they talked about having boss information right on the map uh 2d dungeon maps um lore loot abilities all right on there so when you're getting ready to battle a boss you'll know exactly hey does this have the type of shield i've been looking for and it trying to get you from leaving the game to check wowhead but instead stay in the game and you'll be able to get everything you need right then and there yeah i mean that's gonna be so good for new players right guys you bet. yeah i reckon it's gonna be a, a huge boon to new players who are who are just getting into raiding or uh to pub groups who are, you might have a couple of parties who are trying to decide well what to do I want any loot from this boss? Stuff like that. Also, I think it sits quite neatly with the uh, flexible raid lockout because you can now link what lockout you've got and what bosses have been downed in trade chat and so on. So when you're forming your groups, you can say, this is my raid lockout. These are the bosses we've killed. These are the bosses that are still to do. And you can say, all right, that boss, going to my uh, enhanced map, drops this loot. Uh, no, there's nothing I'm interested in there. There's no point me joining. Or, yes, he drops the shield I really want. I'll join that uh, group and get in and, and kill the boss. So I think all these pieces fit neatly together. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm not seeing a lot of stuff on um, on that list of, of how what these maps are going to include. That is stuff that I'm really all that interested in. Um, yeah, it'll save me some hassle of saying... You know, oh, what is this? What's this? What is this guy's special thing? What do I have to work, watch out for? Or what do I have to do specifically on this fight? It'll save me on that. But the loot, uh, the um, the lore, the 3D image, that that stuff really not that big a deal for me. Yeah, I can understand that where you where you you don't really need to see a picture of the boss before you kill it because usually when you're you're standing in front of the boss, you can see him already. But they, they started incorporating that into the, the five mans, particularly for things like escort quests and guild quests. So they've just decided, oh, we might as well use that um, functionality elsewhere as well. Speaking of, of you know, dungeon-related quests, we're going to see a uh, change where quests are going to be inside the dungeon. Um, can I be the first person to say hallelujah? Oh, yeah. It, this is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I mean, this is something we've seen in beta. Yeah. Um, there's, there's some issues when you join a dungeon that's already in... If you haven't done the dungeon before and you join the dungeon that's already in progress, you risk losing out some of the steps. But the method of 
passing the quest chain along you don't have things where you have to remember to pick it up and accept it and all that sort of thing you run across a spot that happens to have a little exclamation mark over it and the quest is in your log to kill the boss pretty yeah. much um, um sort of carrying on the chain um in at the start there will always be an npc who who will hand out the first chain and give you a little bit of the lore and, and things like that and the fact i don't have to go hunting down for some random quest somewhere in the zone to do it is uh is so happy about that um yeah, yeah. um really this 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 right here sums up everything i have to say about this future absolutely <laughs> ah fantastic walking clip there uh, <laughs> uh, one of the things that I'm, I'm really pleased with it as well, from I, I did Heroic Deadmines on beta uh, last week, and they killed three out of five bosses. And I joined in. I did get the quest for the boss that they were doing at that time, but as soon as they moved on to the next boss, I had a thing pop up to say, "Okay, this is the quest to kill this boss," which is fantastic. So Very I nice. think if you I think if you're in a room with a boss and you haven't done the quest, just back out into the corridor before the boss and you'll probably trigger that, here's the quest for the boss. I think that kind of stuff's probably going to be fairly useful. Um, Definitely. But, um, but yeah, it's fantastic. It, it's not a case of having to speak to a quest giver. It automatically pops up with a, here's the quest, which is fantastic. It's a situation where Blizzard's starting to learn what works and what doesn't. And that reminds me that there's the they introduced the other new meters type of UI where uh, they're using, as an example, there's a sleeping dragon. And the goal might have to be to try to sneak past. And so the UI is all about you know, how loud are you. So it's just another really neat thing that they're trying to think outside the box and introduce something that's sort of new to the game and a, just a new feature that I thought was kind of interesting. For sure. Now let's uh, let's move on to the uh, the quest and lore panel. Now, let me state for the record: ninety percent of questions seem to be flippant and likely not really serious answers. Um, for instance, there was a big theme. Uh, first officer with Turalyon and Alaria um, <laughs> of things they hadn't really planned on answering questions they weren't expecting and didn't really have an answer for. So that kind of built up. Uh, first off, you know, it was first off uh, Turalyon and, and then Illyria. Um, there was, uh, let's see. And then it was the legendary questions. Yes, the questions the about legendaries. And um, uh, then Culture They did, they did promise and, a uh, legendary star. Well, not promise, but yes, the first one will be a legendary star. Yeah. yeah, I think it's about time that Pastor, DPS casters got uh, some legendary love uh, again. But um, yeah, so so ATS, it was also yes. Yeah, so are we going to get ATS in the game again? So ATS joined Alaria, um, yeah, Alaria and and Turalion. Yeah, it it really snowballed from there. At the point, at the end of it, uh, a couple of the last later questions were. Um, Pretty much, yeah, you know all that other stuff? Toss it on there, too. <laughs> yeah. um, which really didn't help. But uh, the one thing that was really um, a big point uh, was that uh, there are a few characters in the game that are going to be 
pretty big characters going forward. Um, we we are pretty certain that Thrall will have some definite um, definite play in the end of this expansion, um, involving the the fight against Lich, uh, against um, Deathwing. Now the the question was, um, I'm trying to find the exact question. I think. Um, I think what champion has your... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I think it's the... We've seen over the years the overarching dangers, etc. It has been getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Are there any plans to take some more bigger things down? Will we take down Alex Straza, for example? And that's kind of where they got onto... Uh, if, yeah. if this is the thing you're talking about. Yeah, and, and, and Chris Metzen in this one was hinting very strongly... Um, I think the only way that he could have been hinting more strongly is to have a big neon sign above his head saying maybe that... maybe wearing a thrall mask. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> um, the, the hint... oh, there's an image you don't want to wake up to. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the hint that we had was that um, either thrall will become the next aspect of the Earth, replacing Naltharion, or he will have a significant play in choosing the next one, which was suggested, I believe, earlier by Skolnick to me uh, in the, uh, in, in the, while we were watching some of the uh, coverage. Now, I have an issue with, with a, a orc, not of Azeroth, and not a dragon, becoming the aspect of Earth, a dragon mm -hmm. aspect of Earth, because he's not a dragon, and not of this Earth, or this planet, that said, I understand that I am not the only person who has an opinion in this. So what do you guys think of this possible well, lore reveal? Well, the way he phrased it was um, think about the five aspects and the family are and the fact there's an aspect missing. Um, and then think about Thrall and think about what element he is and then think about Deathwing and what element he was. And that that's pretty much the hint he gave us there um i mean i'm going with with the with the sort of uh, as gaz called it the kingmaker theory because like he said the orc orc becoming a dragon aspect and an orc not of azeroth becoming a dragon aspect i mean, I, mean, I still think it's pretty shady that it's a creature not of this world that's possibly forming becoming the sort of king the aspect maker role already so it's 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 very cool it's very interesting but i'm it's either a, a bloody great big red herring or oh my expletive 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 kind of moment yeah i think that's the way that it looks to me as well i i, I can see that matt would love to have us all thinking okay thrall's going to be the next uh, uh aspect of earth but uh I really can't see that happening. I think there's more to it. I don't, I don't think the answer is just that simple. I think there's going to be more to that than, than meets the eye. And I, I think it's going to be a case of there will probably be a uh, black member of the Black Dragonflight waiting in the wings who's probably got a bit part at the moment, maybe around Wormless Temple, uh, who gets fleshed out and, and brought to the, floor, uh, to the forefront with uh, uh, Thrall being a guiding hand. 
That that's a good point. Um, we we actually have met two black dragons that are absolutely not crazy. They're they're not rare. Crazy. They're not <laughs> nice people. Very sinister. They're very sinister, but they're not crazy, and that's unique among the drag, black dragons at this point. Most of them are crazy. <laughs> Many, many dragons are crazy at this point. So <laughs> True. Um, so, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, well, one point from that, uh, the only aspect missing from the family, we did end up with a big uh, confirmation. I don't know if you're going to go on to that next. Well, um, let me let me first read the answer to this question uh, that you had read the question from earlier um, regarding whether we would maybe take down Alexstrasza at some point. Um, Metzen's answer was, she's the aspect of, aspect of life, man. Can you really punk her down for long? A careful way to answer the question is, obviously, Deathwing is the bad guy. And in the subsequent patches, similar to how Wrathful Lich King worked, ultimately, when we develop the final combat with Deathwing to put him down, there's a good, re- is, there's really good money on the fact the family will get involved. Of course, the family being the dragons. Their greatest and most honorable, sorry, their greatest and most horrible hour. The, the will, they, they will perform the function they were created for. It's probably best to let the specifics breathe at this point. Um, Deathwing is so gnarly. How do you defeat him using, sorry, how do you defeat something undefeatable? Can he be defeated by any martial mean? How will the, fa- how will the family and Thrall pull this off? Oh, I just have to say it. You know Thrall is a shaman now. So what aspect is missing from the family? Naltharian is out. The family has been broken for 10,000 years. What of the five aspects are you missing? Earth. So I'm saying maybe there's a way Thrall can distinguish himself, helping the family back together for a big win. Now, yeah. here, here's See, the, this leads to the, the, the reveal. Uh, but go ahead, Skullmunk. No, I just uh, you, go ahead and continue. But yeah, it, it just seems very obvious. And what does, isn't coming through... Uh, is his body language. When he was describing that, he was pausing, making sure that we all were very, very well aware that Thrall was his guy. So, well, yeah, like uh, he was hamming it up something chronic about Thrall. Yeah. So. Thrall, he, he probably feels some similarities to Thrall, you see. Um, perhaps, perhaps when he hears Thrall's voice, he seems to hear something familiar to him. Recognize it somehow. Perhaps. Yes. Yes. Um, but here's a question, guys. He says that there's only one aspect missing. But if Naltharian dies, that means we have two aspects missing, right? Mm. Well, maybe, unless somebody else becomes the blue dragon aspect. So, Peter, since you were wanting to lead towards this anyway, feel free to inform us as to what the answer to that question was. Yes. I mean, it's not that this couldn't have been seen coming a mile off to those of us who are intrigued by dragons, as we might say, but um, Internet Kalakgos. Dragons. <laughs> Internet dragons. Kalakgos will be the new blue aspect, and that Indeed. is now confirmed. So we, so we do, this is confirmation that the power of the aspect can be transferred from one to the next, um, which was a question when we killed Malagos. Can his power be transferred to another? Can somebody else become the blue dragon aspect? Yeah, I mean, I mean, at the end of the Malagos raid, you end up with that kind of blue heart thing floating in midair. And that, I suppose, sort of hindsight, that is the representation of the aspect power. So will we see another scene of aspect power floating randomly in midair? 
Perhaps. I think it's quite possible. I think you'll have a lot of raiders trying to resist the urge going, mine, all mine, I'm taking it. Click, 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 click. <laughs> oh, come I on, who wouldn't mind the... Who wouldn't turn? Who would not turn down the 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 heart of magic? Come on, oh, any any caster would love true. that. <laughs> Making it into a trinket or something, I guess. Eh. Um, yep. So we actually also found out another spoiler uh, or bit of information, um, and that is the name of another old god. And this one is the one that was behind the. Emerald Nightmare, and that is Nazoth. We don't know anything about him, but he was the one who was responsible for the nightmare. Yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of contention about this in the, in the peanut gallery because um, uh, it was said that Z- Z- is it Xavier, the satyr, mm-hmm. was responsible for that. But, well, see, you know, he's, he's a henchman, really. In the Storm Rage novel, they left a little part of the nightmare in some place I can't remember the name of it, the part that was that was giving him his power. When Malfurion and Tyrande were in Azjara um, trying to take care of uh, uh, Xavius's tree, he, like, Malfurion and Azjara and uh, Tyrande were attacked by tentacles. Tentacles. I, I've heard these things before in World of Warcraft, and I may have seen some in beta. Yes, I think I may have. <laughs> um, but really, this is actually not surprising to me. It is not at all surprising to me that we did see... Um, uh, sorry, that we did see a name to this. Whether we'll actually take on this old god in this expansion, I'm not sure. Um, if we do, I would suspect it will be a, a fairly small uh, Emerald Nightmare raid. If I was to guess. Yeah, I think you're right there. Just like we dealt with um, Yogg-Saron in uh, Aldoir, I think we'll see a kind of, uh, probably the, the penultimate tier being defeating the old god that's uh, been pulling the strings of the Twilight. Uh, and once you mop up the, the main chunk of the Twilight forces, uh, marching on Deathwing himself. So yeah, that that would make sense from a from a story point of view. So use the use the old god as a way to weaken Deathwing. Yeah, I think so. I think so because I, I can go with that. I, th- I think That's an interesting Deathwing, idea. Deathwing's got the the Twilight forces doing his his bidding at the moment, mm-hmm. but they're they're marching to the tune of one of the old gods. I think if, if you take if you if we take down. Another one of the old gods. We're, we're chalking them up fairly rapidly. Now. Fairly, fairly quick. We, might, yeah. That I mean, that's the thing. It's kind of that old god is the puppet master, mm. and Nelfarian's a big deal. But we might not see the puppet puppet master until the next expansion. Mm. Do you think I mean, we'll it's ever a bit like kill killed, old gods? I don't think we ever killed them completely. No. no. So who can? If if we can't, if the Titans can't, we don't. We just drive them back. Yeah, I think so. The old, old gods are like they're like weeds almost. I think they you need <laughs> to have them as part of uh, part of the planet uh, in order for life to exist because it's the corruption, the curse of flesh, which is has brought out a lot of the races on Azeroth. Oh, so we're so we're sending out for tentacle kill now, are we? 
like, instead of weed kill. Yeah, so I think every so often, and this is one of the things that the, the, the dragon aspects and so on have failed to do, is keep the old gods in check, keep the, um, uh, keep the, the, the corruption from overrunning. I think there's a healthy level, and I think you can get, let it get out of hand. It's, um, um, it's one of those things. But I think there's also one of, one of the things that they missed out on, they didn't really touch on, was how many old gods do you have to kill before the, um, you remove so much corruption that life starts to become unsustainable? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting way of seeing corrupt, the corruption of the old gods is necessary for fleshy life, as it were. Uh, and it's yeah. a balance between the two. So, I mean, the guy who asked that question asked it in a very odd way. Um, yeah. So it didn't quite come out. So they didn't really answer that particular question straight, as it were. Yeah, they, they didn't answer about, can we kill the old gods? Um, like, uh, Metzen uh, almost hints that... Um, <laughs> uh, that the the world blowing up is is a cause of what we've done to the old gods, but the as far as I know, the lore is that they haven't been killed; they've just been pushed back to the shadows for a little bit. I think it's going to be that fine line we're always going to walk; that they're always going to have to sort of exist back in the shadows, just so the the world exists. And the other thing is that you've got an old god in. Um, Vashir, uh, the giant shellfish thing. That's not an old god. Is it not an old god? That's not an old god. That's a giant shellfish thing. Because you hear some of the people saying it's an old god, and some some of the quest it's givers. Not. It's not an old god. No. We. Okay. I I guess it's, that answers that. Yeah, <laughs> I thought. It, I, yeah, there I, are I, old god influences in yeah. Vashir. There's there's a lot of tentacly things and I'm not going to say any more than that because I don't okay. want to spoil any more storyline but so can I can I suggest a new title for this expansion yeah World of Warcraft the return of the tentacles <laughs> I I like really everywhere I turn I'm, I'm seeing tentacles like what the heck <laughs> I think we I think we're going to see it more and more and more because they they are behind yeah. Well, uh, until until the Burning Legion comes back with fire to burn everything, you know, and exterminate everything, maybe maybe we're all just going to get stuck between the Burning Legion and the old gods, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's all, futile. it's all for nothing. Okay, that was kind of a depressing point. Let, let's <laughs> move. Let Let's move on from the old gods because I'm <laughs> now all scared inside. Apparently, and yeah, I don't know. Well. Let, 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 let's go up to one of the two questions that almost made somebody cry. <laughs> the question of Thrall and Jaina. Oh, good gracious. Now, this was, a st this was an answer that clearly the person had not read The Shattering. I've not read The Shattering <laughs> yet. I know the answer to this question. But I'll ask the question anyway. Are Thrall and Jaina ever going to get together and have a family? Would anybody on this chat channel chat here like to answer that question for the person since both Chris Metzen and Alex Afriaspi both made people cry during their panel answering a question individually? 
Yeah, got it in one there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's never happening. I think I think of that happening. You've it's up. It, it will happen right along with player housing. <laughs> uh, there's more chance of player housing than this. Um, I don't think she actually cried. I think she was hamming it up a bit. But um, someone had to ask this. It's just. Do they have someone vetting these questions before they get asked? No, I don't think so. They just queue up and they really should yeah, have a little people, bit of vetting going on. Just just, just people waiting in line. Um, yeah, pretty much in, in The Shattering. And, and again, if, this is, if you guys haven't read or don't want to be spoiled, please just pause or forward 30 seconds. Uh, Thrall meets a nice orc in Negron and they're going to hook up. Yep. That's, that's it. That's all there is to say about that. Sorry for any... Uh, Jaina, Thrall, Shippers. Anyways, um, moving along, uh, let's see here. Uh, I don't know if there's any other really big questions. Again, a lot of the, um, a lot of the questions were basically pushed off to the same place as Tyrolean and Kelteros and um, yes. the rest Strong of Kazan and all that other stuff. Sorry, Stromgast can be a fairly epic place sometime during Cataclysm. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of questions about legendaries. Like, um, there was, there's a question about a caster legendary. Um, people want a uh, caster legendary that's not a mace. Um, they wanted a tank legendary as well. I think yeah, that came tank up. Tank legendary. Yeah. Uh, they want to be able to re to upgrade their current legendaries to level 85. Uh, they want Atiyash to become available again. Honestly, guys, they're not. They have never allowed you to upgrade a legendary. They're not going to. They want you to upgrade your weapons. They don't you want bet. you to keep bumping what you have up to current high level. You know, it's, it's just not going to work. Sorry for everybody who wants that. <laughs> and that yes is gone. You're never going to get it again if you don't have it now. I I just feel so sorry for my guildmate who had yeah. 39 fragments. We went two week, two or three weeks without any fragments dropping before before the uh, the axe finally fell on the forty man version. He still oh, got all boy. of them. He still that, got all of gotta, them in his bank. <laughs> that's got to hurt so bad. Uh, so, a couple other questions that I do want to point out from the lower end story panel Q and A thing that yeah, it wasn't listed as a Q and A, but it was a Q and A in the end. Um, the one question here, I'm a big fan of the Sorrowfangs, but I never knew what kind of clan they were from. And Metzen says Blackrock. Yeah, as of three certain. minutes ago. <laughs> yes. As of 30 seconds ago, when you answered this question, it's Blackrock. And as he is their VP of Creative Development, I believe that he has the authority to say, you're Blackrock. Yeah. yeah. So it is now. <laughs> Pretty much. He says it. It's done. That's done. Um, and uh, Skolnick has encouraged me to ask, read off this question uh, as soon as I do find it. Um, and uh, this was probably the funniest answer of the entire thing. Uh, the one actually that made me laugh. Um, and that yep. is, Ghostcrawler promised us a moose. Where is our moose? And the answer <laughs> was, yeah, he did. Damn that guy. We're going to find him and ask him yourself. No damn idea. I want a moose. Chris Messon wants a moose. Where is it? No idea. He moose noises. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He made most noises. I think Metzen should just stick to doing impressions of Thrall. <laughs> I think impressions of mooses and other animals, just not his forte. No, no, not really. Um, so that was pretty much the, the big thing about the uh, uh, the lore panel. There was some talk about Outland and Northrend revamps. Um, they did admit, and it was, it was smart of them to admit, that really... Being in the present day and old world, then going back in time to North Outlands, then back in, in forwards a little further in time, but not currently time to Northrend to fight the Lich King, and then going to 80 and hitting all the current stuff again makes very little sense. They admitted this. Yeah. They didn't say they, didn't say they have a solution other than they plan to at some point revamp it, but it's how they do it i mean they, they they gave us some numbers for how many quests they put together for uh yeah. for wrath and that was was a thousand quests they did yes. for wrath in north Rain, and yeah. for for cataclysm they've done 3500 quests yeah so really uh they would like to do that but it would take a lot of time to revamp outlands in Northrend, and i would say honestly it's unlikely to happen for a significant period of time uh, I believe the line that Metzen said was, we can either revamp Outlands and Northrend or we can provide you WoW 5.0. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what I'd kind of like to see is maybe kind of graded changes. So so you start seeing a little bit of change in, in Hellfire Peninsula. So they break it up and they don't change it all at once. Just so it happens and so they don't have to make a big deal out of it, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah I'd like that's to a really good idea. Kind of improved lead-in and improved lead-out from those. Uh, I think that that's something they could look at dropping in as, as part of a content patch or, or something similar, uh, rather than just being part of a fully-fledged expansion. They say, okay, we're tweaking this, this is how Death this is how uh, Wargan and uh, Goblin Death Knights fit in, this is how um, you move from vanilla into Outland and then from Outland to Northrend and then from Northrend back to vanilla. Yeah. Uh, Someone in the uh, chat room just uh, suggested uh, Chromie. I think we had that in our peanut gallery here yeah. as well. Just put Chromie at the dark portal. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea. It's not a bad idea, honestly. Yeah. It, yep. It, just just use one of those damn bronze dragons and send people back in time already. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, it's kind, of, it's kind of a method that I think a lot of role players have been using already mm. um, because there's such such a difference between... Yeah, this is what happened when we all went to Northrend. Is why are you going to Outland whilst we're in Northrend? So it's not a new problem, and their their feeling was that you were just playing through the early hours. Of course, now Outland's Northrend's broken as well. So, but it, it's an extension of that problem. Yeah, I, th I think that it's also interesting. It, it, I don't know if you want to move on to this yet. Uh, the questions that weren't asked uh, the law panel. Um, I don't know if you want to move on to that yet. Sure. Like, things that didn't crop up, things like uh, the infinite dragonflight didn't really crop up during the law panel. They, well, not the infinite. They did have the bronze dragonflight caverns of time. There was a bit of a mention about will the caverns of time see a bit more love in the expansion. Uh, and then, just briefly. And, yeah, yeah, and, and there's, so they'd like to put in another caverns of time instance. But uh, there's, there's not much more talk around 
the bronze dragonfly and the well infants. well well the, the one thing about the bronze it's um caverns of time and the bronze dragon flight their answer for that was you can count on it and it's so badass and we don't know if they were joking or if that's a confirmation there's definitely going to be something yeah. um it sound look looking at it on paper and, you know looking at the words on paper now it looks pretty kind of certain mm. um, i, I want to see a resolution to the infinite dragon flight that's all i know yeah, yeah. I, I i would love to see something like that the other thing i would love to see in caverns of time is the fall of Numbergon. I would so love to see that. Um, seeing the evacuation as it takes place, and the, the because we've seen it at the other end, rescuing people and and so on from Thermoplug. But I would really like to see the the whole fall of Nomagon and it falling gradually from being this proud city to something that's been infected and overrun. I, I, that would be very cool for sort of gnome law. But the trouble with I see it's kind of similar to Stratholm. You're seeing the end of a big city. Um, I don't know that they're going to do two. I know it's very diff different in look, but the themes similar. I'm not sure they're going to want to do the same thing. Yeah. It's a tool sure in such a way where it really had a different type of flavor to make it really not seem like a rehash. Yeah. yeah. Ronnie's saying there's a, at one point it was a talk of a COT raid instance going back to the War of the Ancients. Uh, as far as I understand, that is still planned. Uh, probably for, I would imagine, a 4.2, uh, though we may see that in a 4.1. Um, and honestly, that is definitely a raid I want to part be part of. That would be amazing. I um, look I, forward to that. I hope we see some more uh, notes on that over the coming months. That's one thing that I've always loved about the Caverns of Time. It lets you go relive history events in the lore, um, events that none of us will have any mm -hmm. chance of, exp of experiencing in-game any other way. Yeah, oh, there was a lot of criticism of the Mount Hyjal raid, though, um, about you ending up as tourists rather than actually part of the story, like you do in the other Caverns of Time uh, instances. So if they're going to do, do something else, I hope they keep you in the story rather than making you uh, a tourist. Agreed. Yeah, um, and really the the Mount Hyjal one really took you out of the story of Caverns of Time because there was no infinite dragonflight, and that was the whole reason for the Caverns of Time. It just seemed like they were sending you back there for the hell of it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So if we did War of the Ancients, what would the infinite dragonflight be trying to do? Stop Ajara? Stop uh, Malfurion? What do you think they would be trying to do? I think that it would be a similar way to uh, what they're trying to do in um, the Cutting of Stratholm quest line, where they're trying to prevent Arthas from having existed uh, and prevent everything that Arthas did as a result. I think they would be on the, the side of good, but trying to do it in a particular way. So they're trying to stop the various bad if events that affect Azeroth. Yeah, I okay. mean, that, that's what's just come up in the chat room is, is stop Neltharian. Not, uh, Neltharian. Stop Neltharian. Pardon me. Um, that would be interesting. So, so you end up having to ensure that Neltharian does his thing. Becomes well, Deathwing, really. Be, yeah, I mean, that yeah. seems to be the theme of the other yeah. Caverns of Time 
instances. Maybe something involving... Stop um, Thrall, who becomes a hero. Yeah. Stop Arthas, mm-hmm. who becomes a Lich King. Yeah, I mean... Falls right in know, line. Yeah. Yeah, Stop Medivh from opening the Black Portal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Black Portal. Yeah. So, I think there's... I would really like to see uh, Caverns of Time instance where you go, you know what? The hell with these bronzes. I'm with the infinite guys. <laughs> they make sense. Yeah, and then <laughs> game over. <we're> being... <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah the, the whole mean, world implodes in a, in a, as the time stream contorts itself. Yeah, but I mean, stop. They stop Medivh, no, no orcs. Uh, no orcs. The Archimond has free reign over the. Um, over the tree because the, the orcs aren't there to stop him and boom goes the world because then no stopping the burning legion if we don't save thrall then of course he doesn't found the horde the horde doesn't go to blah 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 same same result um don't stop arthas no lich king no one dead again same result why don't they think- just Go just. like why do they just go stop kill Malfurion? Maybe that's that. Maybe that's the whole deal behind the the War of the Ancients. Kill Malfurion, so nobody can stop the 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 the, the result of the world blowing up. That would be that would be a slight reversal of 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 the theme, which is helping the bad guys in order to keep history as it is. Yeah, but I mean. We've helped the bad guys, yes. The Infinite Dragon Fights keeps trying to kill the bad guys to, quote, help us. Well, maybe they should kill one of the good guys, and then we can... All die a horrible, painful death? Well, (laughs) if they were actually going after Malfurion, it would make sense to me. They, they, They would actually be trying to kill somebody that stopped what they're trying to have the result, assuming their result is the world blowing up. I'm not sure if the, the, the infinite dragonfly are trying to get the world to blow up. I think the infinite dragonfly are trying to take a lot of the, the, the stuff out of the uh, world's history that was dangerous. I think they're trying to eliminate things like Arthas and uh, like the orcs coming to Azeroth. I think they're trying to say, okay, how can we get Azeroth? Uh, to be a nice, clean, happy place without all of this mm. orc stuff going on. So, so I mean, killing th- even though Thrall's a good, obviously Thrall's a good guy, but to the Alliance, he's a bad guy. Yeah. So killing Thrall means the clans that did come over don't get united, as it were. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, keeping keeping Azeroth safe for the humans doesn't sound quite right, though. See, to well, me, it almost seems like. Everything they have tried to do, stop killing Medivh, killing Thrall, um, killing Arthas, all of it would have stopped. All of it would have resulted in one thing: that when uh, Archimond got to the World Tree, there would be nobody there to stop him. The so orcs. Do you think the, you think the uh, uh, Infinites are in league with the Burning Legion then? Perhaps. Perhaps in some past time timeline or something, the infinite dragons were created or, or corrupted by um, uh, by the uh, the Burning Legion, and now they they are serving to try and um, 
prevent Archimonde from being stopped at the World Tree and perhaps becoming incredibly powerful enough to take over, to, to dethrone Sargeras as the leader of the Burning Legion and, um, and become um, so powerful we could not stop him in our world. Hmm. I think the, there is an interesting aspect if you do Colin Strathol. You know, you get that a that timed event to rescue a member of the bronze dragon flight, and if you do it within the time limit, you get the uh, bronze break. Yeah, yeah. If you if you don't do it in the time limit, if you do the encount, do the instance, and then just wait for the timer to tick down while the infinite is controlling the bronze dragon or bronze dragonkin, eventually the dragonkin gets corrupted not killed, corrupted, turned into an infinite himself, and they leave through one of the infinite portals together. I did not know that. Very interesting. There you go. So, what, if you try, if you, do, if you end up pugging Culling a Stratham, watch that, because it's quite a, hang on a minute, the infinite aren't created, they're bronze that are corrupted. I mean, uh, something that just came up in the uh, chat room, which was uh, how... Nosdormu uh, becomes infinite Nosdormu, um, which is not a confirmed thing, but everyone's speculating it, of course. Yeah. Um, well, in a lot of the books, uh, in Day of the Dragon, he, he, he doesn't come across as very connected to reality or sanity in any way, shape or form. So, was it his like first another... Was it for his first con con conversations with Crassus that give you that impression? <laughs> Most. <laughs> Although, you know, to be honest, conversations with Crassus in general would make me act like that. So you're one of those fans of Richard Knack, are you? Gotcha. Oh, yes, yes. I love his work. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see how you agree with Shade. Go ahead. Sorry. I interrupted you. I only read the book a couple of weeks ago. I'm still getting over the shock that it was released. Um, I totally forgot where I was going with that thread now. Uh, sorry, I've been distracted by crap books. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, it's always good to have a rant about a crap book. I don't mind that. Um, of course, of course. Yeah, but it's another insane dragon aspect. Um, one of the things that's being said in... Well, we're going back to the whole thrall and the family. Obviously, Nosdormu is still part of the family because he's not counted as missing. So I think we might, even though it wasn't asked or wasn't talked about, I think we are going to see something come up there so that he can participate. Maybe he just participates for the wrong side or in a way that we're not expecting him to. Yeah. I mean, one of, one of the ideas that Roni uh, floated in the chat room was that we will go back to help create the Dragon Soul or make sure it gets made or make sure it gets used. Um, Dragon Soul, Demon Soul. I get so confused about which which one it is. It's both. Um, yes, yeah, that doesn't help. Um, it was originally known as the Dragon Soul when when uh, Naltharion was presenting it to the dragons as a way to stop the Burning Legion, and then after it was revealed to its true purpose and revealed that there was a Dragon Soul in it or a Demon Soul in it, it became the Demon Soul. Therefore, right. Okay. Both. Gotcha. Yeah. So Lore one hundred and one is complete. <laughs> Thank you. No problem. Go ahead, sir. I, I probably have read that at some point. It's just 
6.25 a.m. now, and I haven't slept yet. It's only 12.25 here. Lucky you. <laughs> Dory, we'll, I'll stop I'll, being I'll get, snowed now. I'll get to that, I'll get to that memo, memo out to Blizzard right away to have the next BlizzCon in London. London would be <laughs> fantastic. And then we here in the U.S. can be hating upon you for being up. Oh, wait a minute. I was already hating on the the Europeans because I had to be up for the WoW Invitational in Paris where they announced like some game I can't remember something never mind go ahead I rambled <laughs> it's okay um, I just wish I could have gone to that because I couldn't afford it at the time it's like um, there's no sign of another one ever happening at the moment so regretting not going now yeah I, I hope they come back to Europe at some stage that would, that would be awesome if they ever do I will definitely be there Anyway, where, where were we? Infinite dragon flights, dragons going crazy, another standard day in Azeroth? Yeah, pretty much. Unless this is kind of proof, too, that... Naltharian, there's Dormu. The only two that haven't gone crazy are the women. I wonder if this is a coincidence. I shouldn't make a comment here, should I? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Do you know what this little well, discussion I... has uh, kind of actually brought up in a way is that uh, we were able to get kind of in depth with a lot of this, uh, these, these possibilities, and I know that right after one of the panel discussions, when we were all talking about how it was just Q and A, and that it really wasn't maybe as, as organized as we thought it may have been initially, but these little tidbits of information that they did drop has really sparked a lot of interest. So I think that they kind of accomplished what they needed to have done: just drop enough information that gets us really going. They did, they did get some great questions. It's just it was mixed in with so much, I mean, what, like two legendary questions? And I know. When are we going to hear about this and when are we going to hear about that? Which is fair enough. It is a quest and law thing. But yeah. Uh, I mean, there was someone. Different. Go, ahead, go, go ahead. Finish up. No, you were talking first. I interrupted. Uh, that's right. Great. Uh, I think just to compare and contrast the two different panels where the very first one we had was all, all about the, the dungeons and raids where they had a slideshow and it was kind of well presented in a, in a nice format. And then the Q and a where the lore was just kind of open-ended and it just initially, I think it hit us all as sort of odd at first. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was kind of saved by the fact that they're a great double act at least you know, Alex and, and, and Chris are. Um, and that, that was kind of the main difference. So it was just entertaining to listen to, even when they were a little bit stuck for for words. The, the expressions on their faces were um, stunning at times. Yes. It, hilariously stunning. I don't know quite, quite the right words, but um, yeah. So, I'm sorry, go ahead. I think the other thing that I've noticed is that the Q&A panels seem to be a running theme for the, the, the Warcraft um, bits and pieces at least. Uh, and just looking at the schedule for tomorrow, you've got two more Q&A sessions, uh, one for the class Q&A and one for the open Q&A as well. So it, it feels that it's, it's more a, a case of responding to the fans rather than having information they, they really want to put out there. Continuing that we're we're the same as you, we're part of the community type theme, mm. um, which again ties back into the opening ceremony speech. Mm -hmm. Yet again, uh, speaking of community, um, I, I know that people who are listening to this in download will um, find this to be old news, possibly at the top by that time. 
Um, but uh, just got a tweet, uh, or read a tweet uh, from Shade, who states that her and Mike Sacco today interviewed Christy Golden and Richard Knack for WoW Insider. That's oh, pretty awesome. I yeah. am very jealous. I've been trying to get Christy Golden on all things Azeroth for years. Grr. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think that's probably going to wrap up the show, actually. It's, it's gone a little bit longer than we oh, usually are we gonna, are we gonna Are we going to give away another prize before we... Uh... Oh, yeah, we had two prizes we were going to give away. Crap. Um, all right, so <laughs> we're actually going to give away three prizes right now. Uh, the first one... Uh, will be a curse subscription. Second one will be a curse T-shirt, and the third will be a celestial steed. Sparkle pony, indeed. So um, they will all come from the following question: Who is the most important person in Azeroth, according to the pa- panel chat today? The first three people to answer that get and prizes, prizes, prizes. We have three winners. <laughs> Excellent. Everyone's been paying attention. So people were definitely paying attention. Congratulations. So Chaos5061 gets uh, their first choice. So Chaos, please advise of your choice. Again, you have a cursed one-year premium subscription. You have a cursed T-shirt or a Celestial Steed. You can only have one. You can't have them all. No, only one. (laughs) <laughs> answer the question really quickly but now I just can't decide yeah, it takes forever to get an answer I, mean, I got an answer to the question long before I expected to I figured we have more lag than that oh steed okay steed. so we have a steed for chaos and then I had Kun, uh, Kuno uh, you get your choice of the either a subscription or a shirt I believe it's an extra large or a large shirt one of the two not sure why curse we get shirts that were not like extra large or bigger because they're we're geeks. Uh, so Kuno gets a shirt, and that leaves Roni, uh, who gets a Curse One Year subscription. Congratulations! I will uh, message you guys all momentarily for letting you know how to claim your prizes. And uh, yeah, so that's going to be it for this episode of the Obscure All Things BlizzCon Weekend. We will be, of course, back tomorrow morning. Uh, Gaz, how would you let people know what we got on tap for tomorrow's uh, coverage? Okay, so it's going to be uh, both Pewter and myself uh, doing the uh, coverage tomorrow. Uh, we're looking to start the show from uh, when are we? Here we are, um, nine thirty a.m. Uh, PST for the pre-show uh, for a ten a.m. live show start. Uh, so that translates to 6.30 UK time for 7 uh, in the evening's uh, live show start. Um, I think it's going to be a fairly comprehensive session tomorrow. Well, there's there's uh, more cinematics. I mean, they're doing... A, a, that's an hour's panel on Cataclysm cinematics. Am I looking at the right yeah. schedule? I mean, that that's... Very keen on that. We're getting a class Q&A and there's an open Q&A and then there's an art panel. So lots of pretty to look at, I think. And it'll be interesting to see how smoothly those Q&As go, considering some of the lack of question screening that goes on. Um, And then another thing I'm quite interested in, there's a Blizzard sound panel in the 
evening as well from 4.30 till 5.30. That sounds very intriguing. Uh, but we've also got the PvP coverage we're going to be looking forward to in that opening show. And anyone looking forward to the StarCraft and Diablo? It'll be just what the news is. I think for sure. I think in terms of the the StarCraft 2 multiplayer, I think that would be interesting to find out the news from, particularly uh, following the news that 5,000 uh, people were banned from it uh, for hacking. Um, I'm also kind of interested in seeing the results from the, the Diablo 3 panel about uh, how they crafted Sanctuary, Sanctuary being one of the... Uh, uh, cities within the game. I think that could be quite cool to to, to get a feel for. Uh, and we've got the results of the PvP matches as well, which should, should be fairly cool. Yeah, and, and I mean, there'll be lots of coverage here. Um, probably like today, we will most likely um, have the feed uh, going all day with uh, uh, conversations uh, with anybody who's around at the time uh, of the Warcraft panels that are going on again. Um, we have ca uh, the Cataclysm Cinematics panel, the, the Class Q&A, the Open Q&A, the Art, and then uh, probably Blizzard Sound uh, wrapping up uh, with Tenacious D. Um, and we'll probably do our uh, final show. I think our sh final show will be during the Tenacious D concert, I believe. Yeah, um, we're looking at around uh, 8.30 PST. No, 6.30 PST, yeah. which is 3.30 uh, UK time, and that's for the pre-show. Yeah, and uh, that's about when the uh, when the concert begins. So, uh, the the sorry, the closing ceremonies uh, with Tenacious D begins. So um, you can uh, you can tune in here and listen to us talk while you're listening to or watching Tenacious D, or you can just you know go go stay strong with us and stick with us the entire time. It's entirely your choice. Uh, either way, we'll be happy to have you here, and we'll have lots of prizes to give away tomorrow, including. Um, more curse subscriptions, uh, more T-shirts, um, loot codes, and of course the Tavern Craft Stein uh, on the evening show tomorrow. So definitely stay tuned for that. And uh, if you uh, if you missed any of our content, um, most of this will be available. Well, the two main shows will be available for sure on both the uh, Obscure Cast and the All Things Azeroth feeds. So uh, we will see you guys next time for uh, well next tomorrow. Tomorrow morning for another uh, obscure, uh, obscure <laughs> all things BlizzCon weekend show, uh, episode number three, um, and hopefully our um, our Euro European uh, guests here can still be conscious for that or be awake again. Um, for that. Yeah, I'm going to bed now. <laughs> all right, we're off to get some sleep. So we'll right, see you night. in the evening. Uh, <laughs> yes, sure, guys, and uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, we will uh, see you tomorrow.